I am back, finally. It's been a while, I know. It's been over a month from what I can gather. Um, I think it was the 17th of August, going back through my records, the last time I recorded one of these unbelievably terrible podcasts. Um, I'm doing this one whilst driving because I need to find a time to record it. Um, hence why I have done one in a few weeks, because I just haven't found the time. And if I don't do it now, while I'm driving home from work, um, I don't think I'll ever ever get around to doing it. Um, so I do apologise if it sounds a bit terrible, because um, I'm in a van um, and I'm driving, and yeah, for all the obvious reasons, there's external noises, and um, I may break wind um, and swear at people, because people, a lot of people can't drive, um, which I'll move on to at some point later on in this podcast. Uh, already terrible, I'm sorry, rambling. Um, yeah, so it's been over a month. Um, I went on holidays and I got back and this, that and the other and laziness and, you know, not exactly like I'm doing this for any sort of monetary reasons. Um, so it's, sometimes it's tough to get the motivation. But as I said before, I will continue. I will struggle on. Um, what have I done? There hasn't been a whole lot going on, uh, motoring-wise, really. When's the last... Did I talk about Paris or was Paris... No, because I went to Paris on the 21st of August and the last episode was 17th of August. Um, so yeah, I was in Paris since I last spoke to you. Um, first time I was ever in Paris. Um, I quite liked Paris. Um, you kind of get mixed opinions from people about Paris. Some people really don't like it. Some people love it. I definitely fall into the camp of love. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the architecture. I enjoyed the culture. It was beautiful. Um, now flattered by the weather um, the few days I was there it reached the heights of 30 plus degrees which I know for some people is too warm personally I like that kind of stuff um, I was hoping to trip over old French tat while I was there um, not really the case um, the first day I was there I look at this fuck, fucking taxi driver cutting into lanes I think they own the fucking world roads even well, they do think they own the, they, they rule the world as well. Um, I won't get into the character traits of taxi drivers because I'll be generali- generalizing, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to piss anyone off. Um, what was I talking about? Paris. Yeah, uh, the first day I got there, I was. I got in quite early. Um, I got to my hotel at half ten, and my check-in was until two o'clock. Which, in fairness. I did know because it's on the website, um, so I chance my arm. But they let me leave my bags there. I was like, hmm, what, what to do until I can check in? Google Maps said the Eiffel Tower was an hour and a half walk away. So that's really an hour because Google Maps, again, takes an average of how long it takes for people to walk. And I have rather long legs. So my walking, my stride is longer than most. Um, so I said, all right, I'll wander down to the, uh, the Eiffel Tower and then I'll walk back. Um, I'm walking down, I was like, I'm really not I'm really not wowed by the car scene um, thus far um, and then on the way back um, I decided I would um, I would rent one of those Lion bicycles um, to get back to my hotel to check in and Google Maps um, decided to send me directly across Lac de Triomphe um, the infamous roundabout of Europe um, that goes around the Arc de Triomphe, um, which was ex- which was exciting, I must say, um, on a bicycle. Uh, not as crazy as as 
it probably once was but still quite an interesting experience um, but yeah it, it seems to work people don't seem to hit each other I didn't see anyone crash or no one ran me over you kind of just got to be got to be bullish and just and just take your line and go for it um, so that was fun but anyway I'm rambling again cars so this the second day actually then so I decided on the second day early morning got up I decided to walk to the Musée d'Orsay um, a great um, art museum um, way better than the Louvre and less busy I'd highly recommend it and um, lots of Monet's and uh, Van Gogh's in the Musée d'Orsay um, again I decided to walk down take in the sights and um, although the metro system in Paris is very good and cheap 2.30 and you can go anywhere sorry I've been burping because I'm not long after my lunch um, but I, I, yeah, I, I decided to walk and or use the bikes most of the time because um, you know it's the best way to take in the city a city if you're if that's where you're going on holidays to see a city and um, I'm going to put on my sunglasses it's going to be very bright all of a sudden lovely Irish autumnal weather we've had every season um, today and it's not even 3 o'clock yet uh, what was I talking about Paris yes yeah, so the second day I was walking along and in the distance I could see a very very lovely Citroën Citroën DS a black uh, Citroën DS um, with gold, gold, de gold detailing I was like well that's rather lovely take a picture of that and as I'm walking down the street there was loads of old stuff old Peugeot's Citroën's uh, Renault's but not, not just exclusively French stuff there was old Audis BMWs and commercial vehicles and all sorts because um, it turns out they were filming something some sort of uh, movie or television Chelsea set in the early to mid 80s um, so that was yeah that kind of made up. so that in the one little um, one little adventure I, I saw probably most of the interesting automobilia on my trip to Paris and um, it's all up on my Instagram car underscore no sore C-A-U-R underscore N-O-S-A-U-R if you're listening to this podcast you most likely follow me on Instagram already all up there on my highlights um, so then yeah other than that then there, I kept walking by a, a, a Peugeot 205 Gentry um, which if you're not familiar it's a Peugeot 205 with the GTI engine detuned the 1.9 GTI engine detuned to 105 horsepower um, but it was like Kind of given all the extras, like it's got leather interior, aircon, electric windows, a unique set of alloys. Um, and this one had quite a bit of patina on it. Um, but apparently all the gentries, when I was looking up about them, because I didn't know much about it either, to be honest with you, until I saw it, um, were all automatic. But this one was a manual, and apparently it is a common enough thing to, to convert them to a manual. Um, that would be a lovely little thing to have. Uh, and I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can squeeze... Um, some more power out of the engine bring it up to, to GTI standards and um, or even just find a donor GTI and stick the GTI engine into it um, I'm sure that's doable too um, the man with zero engineering skills um, says um, and what else there's also a few other things um, like a Renault Safran um, I love seeing a Safran um, well they all they did officially sell the Safran in the UK and Ireland um, I think about six people bought them in total um, so you've never ever seen them um, I saw a Peugeot 608 which is not the most exciting of the large uh, French cars and large French cars all oh, large French cars are cool um, it's still nice to see but it was some sort of diplomatic car 
because it had these black and gold plates on it and some sort of like camera device in the window or it's in the, in the front windscreen on the dash and um, that was interesting and I'm sure there's other stuff I saw but I said look it's all up on my Instagram I'm going to roll my window for a moment because there's a, a road sweeper making lots of noise um, did I do anything else crazy motoring related uh, oh there was that supercar weekend thing in the Dundrum town centre lots of a plethora of lovely cars in there Goldwing Mercedes Lamborghinis Porsches Alfa Romeos BMWs again all up on my on my Instagram and if you're a, a Dublin based or its surroundings car enthusiast you were probably there yourself um, it's a nice event it's free it's in the car park in Dundrum um, it's, it's uh, I think it's organised by that JP McMahon car dealer guy high end car dealer um, yeah a lovely fun day out um, there was that I didn't go to it because why didn't I go to it there was that um, it was because I was in Paris or was I no there was something else going on why didn't I go to it there was that um, I don't know what they call it the vintage car emporium that they have thing that they have on in uh, Mandela Park every year these days um, oh, I need to go and go up to Fish Amble Street Oh, the wonders of driving around Dublin City um, with one-way streets and etc. Uh, God, sorry. Someday, the standard of this podcast will improve, I promise. I was talking to a friend about possibly doing a, a, co- a co-hosted podcast, um, but he very much wants to uh, be professional about it and get good equipment and have it structured. structured. Um, so um, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, but, but anyway, what was I talking about? Um, oh yeah, that kind of the what Mandela Park are trying to make kind of the Irish equivalent of uh, the Goodwood uh, revival, kind of vintage racing cars going around um, Mandela Park and fun for all the family. And um, I think it's the second or third year they've had it, and I haven't been to it at all yet. There's always been something on that stopped me from going. I can't, I can't remember why I didn't go this year. Was it because I was in Paris? I was in, because I was in Paris midweek. Why didn't I go? Something got in. The, something got in the way, and I couldn't go anyway. Um, but from what I saw on the Instagrams and other uh, various social medias are available, um, it looked like a good event. I must try and get there next year. Um, so if anyone was there, do let me know how it was and if you enjoyed it. Open my windows again because according to my van's temperature gauge, it's twenty degrees out, um, and we've had horrible misty rain it's windy um yeah we had the wettest spring and summer on record so why not have the the shittest winter on record uh, to boot bet you won't get cold this winter the only good thing about winter is you know a nice crisp cold day but i don't think we'll get any of them it's just going to be soggy it's going to be windy and warmer than it should be because uh climate change which it's a a rich thing for me to bring up considering this is a podcast about cars Oh god, I'm really going off topic already. Um, so what do I, what do I, what do I move on to now? The Formula One, I think, because we just had the Singapore Grand Prix uh, weekend just gone, and by jingo, it was a it was a good one, wasn't it? Um, the first race in 15 races, and um, if you go back to last season, that Red Bull have not won a Grand Prix, um, and thank be the Jesus, because it'll be the one Grand Prix probably this season, um, which I'll touch on in a moment. Um, where Red Bull probably and Max Verstappen probably won't win 
Um, they did say that, th that Singapore was going to be their probably uh, bogey track of the season, um, but they were very, very much off the pace. Um, but thankfully, the one race that probably won't be won by a Red Bull this year was run was won by Ferrari. Um, no, you know it's no secret. I am a die-hard uh, member of the Tifosi. Move your fucking people can't drive. Oh, um, yeah, so it was it was great that the one race and uh, not won by Red Bull was won by a Ferrari. Um, this, this pleased me greatly. Um, it was it was exciting. So yeah, it all kicked off really well. You really free practice. Um, the Red Bulls were off the pace all weekend. Um, now there was a new, uh, not so much a new technical directive, but a technical directive brought in to tighten up the regulations around flexible bodywork, um, which may have been has, have, may have had something to do with um, uh, Red Bull's pace. They very much said it hasn't, um, and it probably won't. Um, we have Suzuka coming up this weekend, and um, so we'll have a we'll have an idea pretty pretty quickly um, whether it has had any effect or not. I don't think it will. I think. Uh, Red Bull and Max Verstappen will dominate. Um, business as normal will be resumed this weekend, probably. We shall see. Um, we won't dwell on Suzuki too much because it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, so they were off the base in practice. Ferrari looked quick all weekend, as did McLaren, as did Mercedes. Um, and then, so yeah, Carlos Sainz put it on pole. And you have to admit, the, uh, the momentum within Ferrari post-summer break has really been with Sainz. Um, although they didn't have a great weekend at all in Zandvoort um, he was the quicker of the two drivers there um, he was the quicker of the two drivers in Monza and um, putting on pole there and holding off his teammate and you know getting on the podium for Ferrari at home and then yeah dominating practices practice sessions taking pole and then leading from pole and winning the race um, in Singapore and very a very clever win um, he managed the pace the whole first first phase of the race was all tyre management and managing the pace um, then there was a safety car at a, I think it was around lap 17 or something um, because poor Alessio Manocon's gearbox shit itself he was having a great race at that point um, battling with Alonso and amongst others I think it was K-Mag and stuff um, running well in the points and then yeah his gearbox shit itself and he had to pull in um, just before the pit, uh, pit entrance um that was what brought out the first safety car. No, I'm getting that completely wrong. Um, the first safety car was brought out because Logan Sargent in the Williams. Um, oh my God, drive. Drive. Oh God. Um, yeah, he, he stuck his Williams into the barrier and ripped off his front wing. Um, now he managed to keep it going and get it back around to the pits to get a new nose. And we left carbon fiber all over the racetrack. So that's why they brought out the safety car to clear to clear up the debris. Um, so um, everyone took it because anyone who started on the uh, the medium medium or soft tires used it as a as a uh, chance to get a cheap pit stop um, while the safety car was out. Um, but what that meant was um, a bit of double stacking going on, uh, which. Charles Leclerc, who Charles managed to get second, he qualified third, and he beat Russell off the line. He was in second because he started on the softs. Everyone else was on the mediums, um, but he held back so he wouldn't. Um, he held back in pace-wise, so he didn't end up undercutting um, 
science in a normal in normal race conditions. Um, but then he held back coming into the pit lane uh, because we were out to double stack. Um, and then when he did pull into the pits, they had to hold him in the box um, because there was traffic coming down the pit lane. So he ended up dropping down to sixth. Um, just an unfortunate roll of the dice, unfortunately. Um, and then yeah, so then so it ended up being then uh, science Russell was it Russell Lando uh, possibly Hamilton at that point. Anyway, the the, the race continued on. Um, oh yeah, the rebels didn't pitch. So yeah, sorry to them. Verstappen was fifth. Um, and Perez think moved up to seventh behind Leclerc and blah 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 after that because um, the reason the Red Bulls didn't pit under the safety cars because they started on the hards um, but the hards were starting to degrade um, so they started talking back um, it was too early for them to pit anyway for the mediums because they wouldn't have made the mediums last until the end of the race um, but as I, yeah, as I mentioned did, like, did I mention I'm still rambling it's hard to do this while it's driving I must admit as I said before, the, the, the quality of this will improve at some point, I promise. Um, yeah, both Rebels didn't even make Q3, they were right both out in Q2. Um, so, like, Max started 11th, and I think Perez started 15th. So, yeah, they dropped back um, when, when, as their tyres degraded. Um, and then uh, the virtual safety car was brought out for the Ocon thing. Um, because he broke down at, at the entrance of the pit lane um, so that came out a bit too early again for them um, to pit um, but what happened or did it come out did the virtual safety car happen after you know, it must have happened after, after they pitted because yeah no, yeah. so the, the original safety car came out too early for them and then they already pitted, so then they couldn't take advantage of the virtual safety car. It's a virtual safety car for another pit for their first for their only pit stop because they'd already pitted. But anyway, um, the virtual safety car then, because it had been quite processional up until that point. But then the virtual safety car came out um, for Alcon's thing, um, and poor Alcon, it was his birthday as well. Um, but um, the Mercedes decided to roll the dice and pit for new medium tires. Or was it new softs? Um, and there was only, I think, 15, 16, 17 laps to go. Um, at the time, I was like, why aren't Ferrari pitting too? But in hindsight now, um, Ferrari actually didn't have any new tyres to pit for. Um, so it made, no, it made no sense for them to pit. Um, so the Mercedes came back out in... in third, third and fourth. Um, no, sorry, in fifth and sixth, um, just behind Leclerc in fourth. Um, is that right? Look, it would have been Science Norris. Science Norris. Charles wasn't third at that point. Who was third? They came out behind Leclerc. They got by Leclerc pretty quickly. God, I'm terrible at this. So the clerk would have been. Oh, so the clerk, the clerk must have been. Th- yeah, no, the clerk was third. 
and so they came out fourth and fifth um, on much fresher tyres than, than, the, than, the, than the top three um, so they got by Leclerc relatively quickly um, he did hold them up a bit as much as he could but he didn't, he didn't fight too hard because it was you know it was inevitable um, and when they, once they got by Leclerc and they, they, they caught up with Lando it looked like they were going to get by Lando and then if they got by Lando there's no way Science was going to keep them behind and it looked like it was going to be a Merc 1-2 um, due to a masterstroke strategy but Science in a very clever way he asked to care to get the what the gap was um, to, he wanted his engineer to give him the gap to Lando uh, every lap and what he did was he kept Lando within a second so Lando was able to get um, DRS off him which gave him enough pace to keep the Mercedes behind um, and then on the last lap um, in his over exuberance um, George Russell clipped the wall at turn 11, 12, 13 I think whatever, whatever number corner it was broke his rear suspension and was out um, kicking himself because um, they would have, had a, would have had a sure podium if not the race win um, but then yeah so then at the end of the race it ended up science brilliantly a master stroke uh, taking the race win uh, Lando taking a, a well deserved podium unexpected and well deserved podium which he was delighted with and then Hamilton managed to get third for Mercedes which is a decent enough result all, in, all considered um, but I, it, was a, it was a brilliant race um, probably the only race that Red Bull won't win um, we, shall, we shall see what the lay of the land is come Suzuka I think they're going to be back on it again if they're not it goes to show that the tightening up of the, the technical regulations was probably a good thing because um, they were quite literally bending the rules because it's about flexible bodywork um, and yeah so the duck was broken um, we thought maybe Red Bull would have had a whitewash of a season they haven't they've set the record higher now so Max has 10 race wins in a row within a season um, and they have the most as a team the most race wins uh, in a row um, but they don't take uh, they now they now they, they won't take an achievement that hasn't been achieved yet of winning every race in a season McLaren being the team that came closest to it in 1988 but they lost one race it was uh, Monza in 88 and like this season uh, the one race win was taken by Ferrari um, ok I've rambled on a bit too much now about, about Formula 1 um, although obviously we have to give uh, credit Liam Lawson who's been the stand-in for Daniel Ricciardo scored 2-3 two, two, points he finished 8th didn't he 8th or ninth. Um, yeah, scoring his first points in uh, Formula 1 doing an outstanding job as a stand-in for Daniel Ricciardo um, he definitely deserves a seat on the grid next year I think he might go to Williams in, in, uh, in place of Sargent if Red Bull can come to an agreement with Mercedes and Williams and all that conglomerate um, and also fair play to K-Mag um, scoring a point for Haas um, Haas had a pretty good qualifying um, they definitely took advantage of the melee um, happening in the race uh, Alex Albon actually not, it wasn't a track that suited the Williams but he had actually managed to get his car up into the points near the end of the race he was in 10th and then Sergio Perez dive-bombed him on the last lap uh, and took him out of the points um, Perez got a 
you might actually have been higher up now, you might have been ninth, eighth or ninth. Either way, you knocked him out of the points because Salvo and you managed to finish 11th in the end. And um, Perez got a five second penalty for the audacious move, but it made no difference because he finished like 10 seconds ahead of where he was ahead of in eighth, and so he kept his position regardless. And um, they really need to look at those five second rules, um, especially when they're completely someone else's race um, but yeah I think that's really everything I need to say about um, the Grand Prix um, yeah we shall see what it's like Japan coming up Suzuka's a great race I, I'd probably get up for it because um, I, I have a three day weekend I'm off on on the Friday and I'm going to see the National who are playing on Thursday in the three arena which I'm looking forward to um, so I probably because I have two lions preceding it, I, I probably will get up for the race. Um, I think it's on seven a.m. in Japan, seven a.m. our time, um, whatever that is, local time in Suzuka, Japan. Uh, Japanese, it's a great, great racing circuit. All the drivers love it. I think all of us fans love it. Um, Yuji gives us good racing, but I do. it'll be interesting to see where Red Bull are. Um, but I, I think they're going to be back on top again. Um, we all thought Max would probably claim the title at Suzuka, but because of that weekend they had in Singapore, he can't. Um, so Qatar will be the earliest he can uh, he can win the, the championship now, um, which I'm sure uh, the Qataris will be happy with, as would F1. Uh, if he doesn't win it there, well then it could happen in Kota, um, in America, which again I think the Americans and Liberty Media and Formula One would also be happy with. But um, yeah, enough Formula One talk. What's been going on in the world of the, t- of the motor car? Um, oh, one thing I did notice. I know everything else. Everything is getting expensive these days, and Ireland is becoming a very expensive um, country. I was in Easton's the, the other day, last week. Um, I had a day off midweek because I worked Saturday. Um, I thought, like, maybe it was a nice day. It was a, it was a, it was a nice, sunny, warm day. So like, oh, maybe I'll pick myself up some sort of some literature. Lie in the lie in the sun and read. So I was perusing the magazines, and there was a you know a spin-off magazine from Total 911. Yeah, the 911 dedicated magazine. It was the Porsche 911 RS book they called it. Not particularly. It was just a, a rather thin magazine with you know the usual plethora of magazine advertisements in it. And the price tag on this magazine: twenty euro and fifty four cents. Now that is absolutely outrageous for a magazine. Now we know a lot of that is Ireland tax, um, but you know it's still even the tax can inflate uh, an ORP that much. Um, now I know I'm, I'm not saying like I'm sure the quality of the content was very high. I do believe you know we should pay for high end journalism, but Jesus Christ, that's outrageous. Um, just thought I'd bring that up. Um, to depress you and me further. What's going on in the world of the motor car? Um, since I last spoke, there was also that Alpha 33 uh, super, supercar was launched, uh, Alfa Romeo supercar. Now, look, I, I won't be too downbeat about the fact that we have an Alfa Romeo supercar. This is a good thing. It's an homage to the Alpha 33 of uh, the 1960s. People seem to be like, oh, amazing. Um, which, look, as I said, it's a great thing. It's, it's got the, the V6, the the twin turbo V6 that's in the um, the Maserati MC20. Um, that's producing 700 and something horsepower. There will be an electric version as well. Um, but the styling, 
I can't get on board with. It's kind of a, as I said, it's an homage to the album 33 of the 1960s, but then they tried to make it like look futuristic at the same time. I, I think it looks terrible. Um, now, you know, we've only really seen studio renderings of it. Maybe in real life it will look better, but I'm not so sure about it. Um, and look, it's great, it exists, but I don't know. Alpha Romeos should be. Well, then, a lot of Alpha Romeos in the past have not necessarily been pretty, but interesting. Um, but I don't think this is either. I think this just looks like a dog's dinner. Um, you know, you can let me know what you think, but hey, look, it's, it's a good thing it exists. I do think the execution could have been better. Um, what else was, has there been? Um, speaking of Italian supercars, uh, Bizzarini. There's been a new Bizzarini 5300 GT. Um, again, an homage to an old uh, 60. What was the, what was the, what was the Bizzarini's 5300 GT? Was that a 70s supercar? Anyway, an homage to an old supercar. Um, again, starting wise, eh, it's one of those like, you know, it looks like a, a no name. Supercar they put would have put in a, a computer game back in like the early millennium. Um, but look, it's an Italian supercar. I don't think. I assume some wealthy businessman bought the Bizzarini name. I don't think it's any connection to the original uh, Bizzarini and um, the engineer of Lamborghinis of the past. Um, yes, yeah, so it's an homage to the old uh, 5300 GT. Um, but it has a naturally aspirated 6.6 liter um, Cosworth V12 in it. So again, I won't be too critical of it because look, those sorts of cars are definitely not long for the world. Um, have a look at it yourself. It's why they call it the same thing, like the Alpha 33. I don't know. There's too much harking back to the past these days. Um, while I like resto mods, um, when you're buying, when you're building a new car, do something new. Uh, BMW at the German Motor Show, which I think was in was it in Berlin, Munich. I can't remember. A few weeks ago, um, they showed us the Vision New New Class. I'm sorry, my German is, is not the strongest. Uh, Neue Class. Um, it's, it was a concept um, of their electric future. Um, although they are having an electric present, um, the future will be entirely electric um, in the not too distant future. Um, but it was more of a styling exercise now it's very much a concept car so like when it comes to production vehicles i'm sure they'll be toned down a bit um but it's a promising design exercise um, it looks way better than all of the bmws we've got of late and um, so if this is the new design language that bmw are going to be going for um it's it's a good sign um i'm sure you've all seen it um but if you haven't give it a go vision new year class n-e-u-e-k-l-a-s-e Vision Nuya Glass. Um, oh yeah, the controversial one um, of recent, the, the Toyota Century SUV was launched, um, which people are disgusted by. And I'm not being pedantic here, but I wasn't so disgusted by There's a, def a Defender with a very loud exhaust. Kind of a, could even be a twisted Defender. Um, we'll get on twisted in a moment as well. Um, what was I talking about? There, the oh yeah, the Toyota Century SUV. Now it's being built alongside the, the, the Toyota Century saloon. Um, now, had, had they completely replaced the saloon with uh, the SUV, that would have been an absolute travesty. 
um, but it's been built alongside it for now anyway at least and it kind of looks like a um, a Cullinan if the Cullinan had been designed by oh, I hate this junction um, had been designed by Toyota but for some reason I don't hate it um, I obviously wouldn't have it over a Century Saloon but it's not I don't know I, 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 it's it's ostentatious it's ugly in a traditional sense but I, I kind of like it for that sorry excuse me um, but yeah I, I, I think it's because it's it's Toyota and Toyota on a roll at the moment and I've always liked Toyota the first car that my father had that I remember of was a Toyota Carina and um, the other, as I said, they are on a roll at the moment. They have great history in motorsport. Um, they're Japanese. They're, the, they're arguably the best Japanese manufacturer. Although all the all the legacy, um, actually, I think all Japanese car manufacturers are great. Um, they're certainly the, they're probably the most prolific. Although you can't really run it without Honda. I'm, I'm mincing my words here. But anyway, long and short of it, I don't hate the Toyota Century SUV as much as everyone else does. Um, and no, I'm not just being facetious. It's just once I keep making the saloon, I, 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 I can I can totally get on board with the SUV as well. Um, I understand why they're doing it. The market's there. Uh, Lotus brought out and the, well, they've certainly launched anyway their their next electric vehicle, uh, the EMEA, A E M E Y A, EMEA, EMEA. Um, so it kind of looks like the Electra. That's what the SUV thing is called. But this is more of a, a lower slung, large um, GT saloon car thing. Yeah, whatever. Um, sure. Um, these these non sports car Lotus EVs are, lo are Lotus in name only, really. Um, they're Geely's um, with Lotus badges on them. Uh, it's an it's certainly a striking looking thing and I'm sure when you see them in real life it will certainly catch the eye um, but not for me um, it's just another another addition to the strange future we're going into it's a future I'm not sure I, I like uh, but yeah so I was talking about Twisted there a moment ago Twisted are now those the, the lads who are known for chabbing up is the best way to put it I suppose and um, Land Rover Defenders and they've now dipped their toes into the Jimny same formula uh, tuning the engine beefing up the suspension putting bigger wheels on it um, jazzing up the interior um, but instead of Land Rover Defenders then the Jimny's whereas not a bad thing because the Jimny's powertrain that we get in Europe the 1.5 4 cylinder is a bit shit um, so they threw a turbo onto it um, giving it the much much needed torque and power that it currently lacks um, I just realised I've gone past the turning I meant to take um, that's alright I can go elsewhere um, do my, to do my grocery shopping uh, what else have I got written down here uh, I think that's really all that oh um, the Automobili um, the lads who made those um, Resto Mod Delta Integrales a few years ago they brought out a new thing called the Atmos uh, Safarista Safari, Safari Easter. 
Um, so it's like the Integrale things they brought out, but it's a it's, it's sort of a rally car, rally rage. It's, it's jacked up, full, caged up, um, race interior. I'm not even sure it's road legal actually. Um, Integrale resto mod thing. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, look, it's cool. Um, I don't I don't like those Integrale resto mod, resto mods they did. They're a bit too chintzy. Um, but, look, I'm, I'm sure they're an unbelievable thing to drive. Um, and this thing will obviously be good. There's obviously there's a huge market for these kind of high-end, off-road toys. And they're getting in on the game. Um, yeah, again, it's something you can't hate, really, can you? Um, if you haven't seen it, Google it. Um, I'm going to start wrapping this up now because I've been waffling on for I don't know how long. And, as ever, this has been terrible. Um... I'll wrap up with my normal uh, trio of things that I give you. Uh, the first being a my classified find of the week, and this one being a an S1 Peugeot 106 Rally uh, in white, um, which looks like it's in a, a very good condition. It's got 144,000 miles in it, but it's been very well maintained. And it has a quaff diff. It's NCT until August of next year with a fresh NCT. Um, it's in South Dublin, apparently. Um, that's up for 9950, which is a pretty not a bad price for a 106 rally, um, because they're becoming quite an expensive car for what is quite a very basic car, but a very special car. Um 9950, yeah. Um it's a car I really, really should buy myself, but I just don't have 10 grand really at the moment to spurge on a car. Um but look it up. Um it's the only 106 rally currently up on Dundee, so you you'll see it. Um, oh, the temptation is strong with that one. What a cool car! Um, my YouTube channel of the week. Um, it's just, it's just called Callum. Um, so it's hard to find. Um, his name is Callum. Callum Ramsey is the name of the guy who runs it. Um, I've only watched one of his videos, but uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And going through his uh, the rest of his videos, he did, I'm sure all of his content is is top notch. Oh God, get out of the way, old man! Completely oblivious to everything that's going on around him. Are you getting into this Hyundai? Or can I park there? No, you're not. Okay. Um sorry, yeah, so the name is Callum. I don't know how you managed to get that um moniker on YouTube. Surely someone else had taken Callum. Because believe it or not, in two years' time, YouTube is gonna be twenty years old. Um anyway, um so the, the video that I watched, um, I'm not sure if it was the most recent one, but um, it was sent to me, and it's very well, it's half an hour long, so you know it's you gotta have time in your hands to watch the whole thing. But it's about um, Volkswagen Beetles that were um, sent to the Arctic, or was it Antarctic? Yeah, the Arctic. Anyway, yeah, sent to snowy parts of the world. I can't remember if it's, if it's north or south. I'm gonna assume south. Um, because they were used by um, Australian um, scientists in their base that they have down there. Um, yeah, and you go through the history of these um, of these beetles that were sent sent to the nether regions of the world. I assume it's Antarctic. It must be the Antarctic. Um, God, I'm a retard. Sorry for the use of retard, but I am one. It's not a term I would use for those 
who, who you think I'm using it for. It's for people like me who are just stupid. Um, very politically incorrect. I'm probably going to get cancelled now for this. Um, sorry, I don't have an audience to really get cancelled f- from. Um, yeah, so check him out. It's Callum, as I say, on, on YouTube. Um, so if you take Callum Volkswagen Beatles, I'm sure it'll come up. But his name is Callum Ramsey. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll come up. Good stuff. I, I must check out some of the rest of his videos. Looks, he doesn't exclusively do stuff on cars. But he does do a lot of stuff on vehicles and adventure vehicles and such and such and such. God, I'm terrible at this. Um, and last but not least, um, I'm not so much going to go for a track as an album this week. As I mentioned, I'm going to the National on Thursday, and they brought out a new album just last or sorry, well, Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, it's called Laugh Track. It's their second album within the last six months this is their second album this year um, and it's brilliant um, if I must pick a track off it that for you to listen to um, Space Invaders it's brilliant um, again as I mentioned with The National before I think when I recommended that previous album they brought out um, if you like The National you'll love it if you don't like the, La- the National maybe it will sway you if you really don't like The National it probably won't but I love The National and I think it's brilliant um, I'll stop waffling now um, if you have listened as, as always I love you um, I will try and keep them more regular after my hiatus of a month, over a month, since this last, since my last one. Um, so until then, be safe, be well, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.